0: I have two kind of things in my heart, very simple words. I just want to preach the gospel to us this morning. I just want to encourage our hearts in the gospel. I want to talk about Jesus a lot um, and, and let our hearts get excited about who He is. Um, everything we do is built, it's, it's birthed, it's fulfilled, it's satisfied, it's established in Jesus. It's only Him. And it can only be Him. And the moment we deviate from that, we begin to do things in the flesh or in our own strength. Um, You know, to call yourself a Christian does not mean that you signed up for a religion that fits your lifestyle. Because, let me tell you, uh, when you go into these other regions like where there's Islam and stuff, it doesn't work like that. Uh, Islam crucifies you. (laughs) And then it just leaves you dead with nothing. Christianity crucifies you as well with Christ, but it leaves you with all the fullness of who He is. And Christianity, it's about Christ. It's about being in Christ. It's about a new life. We just sang it this morning. It's like I'm living for the first time. Why? Because I died to myself and I came alive in Him. And it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's a reality for me to live in. That's a reality for our lives. That's not just a good scripture or good songs to sing. And so we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is central to life. He is the essence of life. He is the reason you are here. He's the reason you're breathing. He's the reason that you have a purpose. Without Him, you don't have purpose. Without Him, there's no reason to be alive. And without Him, life is, is meaningless. And so when we remind our hearts about the beauty and splendor of Jesus, we can take a deep breath and know that He holds all things together. My confidence is in Him. My confidence is not in us. My confidence is in Him. And so my prayer is that our hearts would be strengthened this morning. I want to read um, a psalm over us, and then I'm, I'm going to use two scriptures just to share a real quick encouraging word and, and pray that you leave here supercharged, strengthened, and fired up in the Lord. I'm going to read Psalm 103, and yes, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Um, it's not quite as good as the Amplified, but it's, it's an encouraging one. Um, it's just the way that it's worded is, is really, it's heart language. It's beautiful. And it's just to encourage your heart. So if you, have, if you don't like the Passion Translation, that's okay. You can read it in your translation. This is just something I want to read over us to bless us. Psalm 103. It's called Our Father's Love. With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the Holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy and you satisfy my every desire with good things. You have supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. You're a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do. Lord, you're so kind and tender-hearted and so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river, overflowing its banks with kindness. You don't look at us only to find our faults, just so that you can hold a grudge against us. You may discipline us for our sins, but never what we deserve. Nor do you get, nor do you get even with us for what we've done. Higher than the highest heavens, that's how high your tender mercy extends. Greater than the grandeur of heaven above is the greatness of your loyal love, towering over all who fear you and bow down before you. Farther than from the sunrise to sunset, that's how far you've removed our guilt from us. The same way a loving father feels towards his children, that's but a sample of your tender feelings towards us, your beloved children who live in awe of you. You know all about us. Inside and out, you are mindful that we're made from dust. And our days are so few and our momentary beauty so swiftly fades away. Then all of a sudden we're gone like grass clippings blown away in a gust of wind. Taken away to our appointment with death, leaving nothing to show that we were here. But Lord, your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other. Unbroken and unrelenting toward those who fear you. And those who bow face down in awe awe before you. Your faithfulness to keep every gracious promise you've made passes from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. You are faithful to all those who follow your ways and keep your word. Yahweh has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules the entire universe. So bless the Lord, all His messengers of power, for you are His mighty heroes who listen intently to the voice of His word to do it. Bless and praise the Lord, you mighty warriors, ministers who serve Him well and fulfill His desires. I will bless and praise the Lord with my whole heart. Let all His works throughout the earth, wherever His dominion stretches, let everything bless the Lord. Amen. I want to tell you there's a great need in the church today for us to know the heart and the nature of the Father. It's not enough for us to have His message on our lips without His nature in our heart. And my cry before the Lord is, I'm just going, Jesus, just keep me soft. Keep me tender. Give me your ways, Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me your perspective. Teach me how you see. Teach me how you love. It's not okay for me to have a message on my lips, but the manner of my life does not represent his heart. It's not okay. It doesn't mean there's something bad. It just means that it's not the fullness of what he wants us to live in. He wants us to have his nature. He wants us to have his heart. It's not not an attempt at works. It's the receiving of who he is and allowing him to manifest that heart through you. In Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified first, verse 18 to 20, and then I'm going to read nineteen and verse 19 and 20 out of the Passion. But just start, Colossians 1, 18 to 20. He is also the head, the life source, and leader of the body, the church. And He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will occupy the first place, He will stand supreme and be preeminent in everything. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the sum total of His essence, all His perfection, powers, and attributes, to dwell permanently in Him, the Son. And through the intervention of the Son, to reconcile all things to Himself, making peace with believers through the blood of His cross, through Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. I want to read verse 19 and 20 out of the Passion. For God is satisfied to have all His fullness dwelling in Christ, And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Jesus is the one that the Father was pleased to put all the fullness of who he is in. He never once put that expectation on you. He never once looked at man and said, I need you to get all of this stuff right so that you can be mine. He said, I've put it in my son. I'm looking to my son, and I want to put you in him. Because when you are in Christ, you can be everything that I've called you to be. When you are in Christ, you'll begin to live out the things of of God, the things of his heart, the things of his nature, that were not uh, your own attempt or your own sufficiency, but were completely reliant and dependent on his power at work in you. We need to come to a place as a church and as the people of God where our confidence is, is in his power at work in us. We're not, going to see, we're not going to begin to see transformation and change in our own lives or in the church if we think that it comes from the wisdom of man. If we think that it comes from what we think is right and wrong, it will only come by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you today to allow the Holy Spirit to, to give you a humility in the posture of your heart just to receive that afresh. That's where my heart is at. I want to receive afresh that I can only live by the, His power at work within me. I can only do what He's called me to do by His power at work within me. We need to make sure we understand what the cross meant. We need to understand that we know, we we need to understand what the cross destroyed. We need to understand what the cross birthed. We need to understand what the cross established. We need to live our lives from that place of knowing and believing the finished work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. See, Jesus has given us victory as the church and he's called us to triumph in it. But do you know what his victory looks like? It looks like humility and loving kindness. It looks like endless mercy and abundant grace, super abundant, beyond what you can comprehend. His justice looks like a million chances. It's the kindness of Jesus that leads people to repentance. It's kindness. The wisdom of man doesn't carry these attributes. But the wisdom of God is wrapped in this. When we live our lives, yielded to the voice of of Jesus, yielded to the voice of the Holy Spirit, allowing His power at work within us to lead us, what we begin to see is a heart of compassion and mercy for those around us. We begin to see a heart that's after seeing the life of God established in us and in those around us as well. The discipline of God never comes in the form of criticism, punishment, or fear, it never does. Even the disciplines of a father, the true heavenly father, the one true father, even his disciplines come wrapped in mercy, come wrapped in loving kindness, come wrapped in tenderness to begin to bring you into a place of transformation. This does not make God a weak God. This makes him the strongest of all. How Jesus brings victory, how Jesus conquers, is he takes the lowest place and takes the hit himself. Jesus looks at the brokenness of humanity and does not point the finger, but takes it upon himself on the cross. This is the victory of Jesus, and I'm going, Lord, I want to walk in your victory, and he's going, it looks like taking up your cross. The victory of Jesus looks like not pointing the finger, but taking your place with him on the cross and saying, God, that I would be like you, crucify me. See, the moment we lose sight of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we lose sight of His heart for others. Because the moment we stop looking at the cross and His resurrection and knowing what He's done for me, suddenly I begin to use the wisdom of man to measure myself and others according to a religion rather than according to the person of Christ. See, the Lamb was slain and the Father only evaluates the Lamb. God measures your life based on on the assessment of His Son. It satisfied him. It satisfied the Father to have all his fullness in his Son. He put the fullness of himself in Jesus. And then he said, I'm going to reconcile you to him. All things. I'm going to reconcile all things together in Christ. He's holding us together. The life of Jesus, the grace of Jesus is holding all things together. This is where our confidence lies as the people of God. There's this beautiful understanding that comes when we see the fullness of the cross that Jesus took sin upon himself and he didn't just take your mistakes on himself, he became them. In other words, he didn't just become uh, murder, he became the murderer on the cross. You get this? He had to become the sinner in order to crucify sin. It's why when he took it upon himself, it says he was marred beyond description. You he he, he couldn't recognize him. So he took it on himself and he paid the highest price so that we could all be born again to a new and living way. We could walk in newness of life every single day. Uh, Romans 6 calls us to a daily walk of newness because his mercy is new every day. So if his mercy is new every day, it means when I wake up, there's fresh mercy and grace for newness today. And you go, but that makes no sense because you need to be held accountable for yesterday. You are accountable for yesterday in Christ. And your walk to freedom is to keep lifting your gaze, beholding the Lamb, and seeing who you are so you can receive His fullness and believe it. We walk by faith and not by sight. What are you looking at? The moment we stop living by faith, we shift into living by sight. And then what we're looking at in our everyday lives, what we behold or we give our attention to, is how we begin to live. And we allow our nature to be defined, shaped, and formed based on what we're seeing rather than by our faith in Him. Our faith in Jesus helps us to receive His fullness, which He's given to us freely, but faith activates, apprehends, and takes a hold of what He's given us and allows us to to become it. See, faith takes the pressure off of you and puts it all on Jesus and leaves you in a position and a posture to, to receive. Faith is how grace begins to come and fill our hearts and lives. The way of Jesus is that he chose the lowest place, took the brokenness of humanity upon himself, brought all, reconciled us in himself, made us alive together with him, filled us with the spirit of Christ so that we could live the life he's called us to do. And then he says this crazy statement. He goes, as the father sent me, so I'm sending you. When he's talking to the, to the disciples, he says, I send you out as sheep or lambs among wolves. The victory of Jesus, the, 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 the way in which Jesus conquers is not in this impressive, flashy way of man. It's the low place of mercy, of loving kindness, of tenderness. And it's, it's amazing because in that place is the strength of Jesus. In that place is the leadership of Jesus. In that place is the transforming power of the gospel. And I know that the, the, the bride of Christ is beginning to infiltrate every sphere of society, not to, to dominate in that sense, but to bring the kingdom of heaven from the low places. To sow the seeds of his kingdom, to see hearts transformed and saved. Jesus loves to renew innocence. Jesus loves to renew innocence. I'm really grateful for that. That's the power of the gospel, is that every time he looks at you, he is ministering innocence to you. Do you know what innocence is? It means that you live just as if you've never sinned. It means the the life he's called you to live is just as if it never happened. But here's the power of the gospel. That's for you, but it's also through you. I know, I'm telling you in these last days of the move of God across the earth, I I promise you the heart of God is this. There is a grace revolution that's going to hit the earth, and he's going to take everybody's eyes off of sin, and he's going to put their eyes on the lamb again. I promise you it's coming for the church. He's saying, I'm going to take your eyes off of the sin and the mess. It's causing bickering and strife and divisions and heartache and brokenness, and he's saying, you're playing in a realm that's not me. My son paid the highest price. I I crucified him on a cross. I, I allowed him to be beaten and whipped so that you would no longer live here anymore, that you would come out of that place and you'd begin to see what I see, that just like it says, that you'd begin to soar once again. You'd begin to live from the higher places. You'd begin to speak the the words of Jesus, the life of Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't feel stuff. It doesn't mean we don't journey stuff. It doesn't mean we don't endure hardship. But in the hardships and in the trial and in the pain and in the difficulties, there's something that begins to strengthen our souls that takes us higher above this place so that we can love the way He loves, that we can see the way He sees, that we can treat people the way He treats people. And in this, the world begins to look at the church and goes, that's the nature of Christ. That must be Christian, little Christ, Christ-like one. And my prayer, even on the, the plane, just in and out of sleep, trying to sleep on the plane, coming back, and I'm going like, God, make me like you, because only you can do that. Because there's so many voices, and there's so many opinions, and our minds and our souls are filled with so much, and it's enough. We've got to come back to the gospel and say, wash me, Jesus. Wash me in the gospel. Rinse me in the gospel. Help me to see what you see. Help me to love the way you love. Take my emphasis off of right and wrong and put it on you because you make all things right. You are the righteous one. See, the cross birthed the God-man. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes, it was Christ. But now, us Christians, Little Christs, those walking with with Him, filled with Him, filled with His heart and nature. We've been born again into a new and living way. And it's going to change the world. It has been for 2,000 years and it's going to continue to. And we're only going from glory to glory. And I believe there's a fresh awakening and a stirring coming to the church again in the truth of the gospel. That will lift our hearts and our souls to believe. To see the evidence of Christ in our community again. My desire is that in my own life and for all of us we would never make light or less of what the blood of Christ has established for us. I'd rather be and and this is a bold statement because I I say this by faith in my own heart I'm going, Lord, I need you. You gotta do this. And I'm not preaching this at you. This is my cry, like Lord, do it in me. But I'd rather be slower to speak, quicker to listen and weighing my words on the, based on the blood of Jesus. I don't know what you guys are like, but my personality is I like to fix things. I'm a fixer. If something's wrong, I want to fix it. But I want to encourage you and just say, when things are difficult, where do you run? Because when we run to fix it, we can do things in our own strength with the right intentions and sincerity and, and see no evidence of what your heart desired to see. But when we run to the Father, when we run to Him and we see the, His power at work within us, the supernatural power of God, you watch how He begins to breathe life into situations. You watch how His blood begins to cover, transform, change perspectives, change hearts. You watch how the, His blood is prophetic. The blood of Jesus carries the prophetic nature of Christ and it's prophesying Christ to your heart. It's prophesying the evidence of Jesus in your life. It's prophesying the works of Christ lived out in you and through you. It's the river of His mercy. It's His blood. I have this picture of Jesus, and it's like our conquering king. And we think we're waiting for Jesus to conquer the nations. We're waiting for Jesus to conquer the the injustice of the world. We're waiting for Jesus to conquer poverty and conquer all these things that we think are terrible. And I see Jesus every day going like, I'm here again today to conquer you. I'm here again today to conquer All the lies and all the things that you'd believe about yourself. I'm here again today to renew a state of innocence because of my blood in your heart. Because if you'll live from that place, you'll believe. If you'll live in that place of the innocence of what the blood of Jesus ministers to your heart, you'll actually believe that what he says to you is true. You'll actually believe that when he asks you to do the big things, you can actually do it because he made you right. He's made you right with him. See, the blood of Jesus ministers innocence to your heart to take your perspective off of yourself and put it on Christ. When your eyes are on Jesus, all things are possible. When your eyes are on Jesus, you'll believe for the dream of God. When your eyes are on Jesus, you'll look at situation and circumstance and know that God can do anything. And you'll just be positioned and postured in a place to obey Him and just just stay where He is. The mistake that Adam and Eve made was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They wanted to know how to do good and bad, which is which. But God never had that design for them. The design was just stay in my tree. Eat from my tree, the tree of life. Let me do that. Let me lead you. You just stick with me. I'm going to produce something through your life. And God's called the church back to that place. It's the higher place. It's the place where God lives and dwells and operates. Paul was very passionate about preaching this message. Listen to what he says in verse 21, Colossians 1.21. He says, And although you were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded toward Him, participating in evil things, yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in His physical body through death in order to present you before the Father holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And He does this if you continue in the faith, well-grounded and steadfast and not shifting away from that confident hope that it is a result of the gospel you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which gospel I, Paul, was made a minister. Paul is very clear about the gospel he preaches. Do you get this? Paul was really passionate because this is the message, I want to encourage you, this is the message that changes things. Our fear is we think that preaching this stuff is not going to bring change, that it gives people a license to sin, or a license to stay the same. The fact that we ask that question like Paul talks about in Romans 6, it's, it's, it's the wrong way of thinking. He's like, how, how can we, if we have, come into His grace? The grace of God carries evidence. Amen? And I think the reason why we often don't see evidence is because we move in and out of that place instead of staying in a place of grace and letting grace do its work. Amen? I want to read the same uh, verse out of the Passion just to bring language to it. Even though you were once distant from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, He reconnected you back to Himself. That's so profound. Even though you were once in these things, while that was going on, guess what He did? He reconnected you back to Himself. He didn't ask you to fix that first, He just reconnected you. Can you see the heart of God? He released His supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of His own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in His presence. He wants you with Him. And now there is nothing between you and the Father for He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel that you have believed in. And this is the glorious news that I preach all over the world. I love this. It's the glorious gospel. It's the goodness of God. It's the grace of God. It should make us feel stuff <laughs> because it's really good and we're all in need of Him desperately. And if you'll allow Him to minister the gospel to your hearts, there's a fresh courage. I'm wearing it today. There's a fresh courage to face what's ahead, to do what He's called you to do, to deal with the things you've got to deal with because you know it's not you. We need His power at work within us. So I want to encourage you The victory of Jesus over your life looks like Him restoring and renewing His innocence over you every single day. Innocence is not just about being right if you're accused of something. Innocence is a state. It's a position in Him. It's living just as if you've never sinned. That is insane. How would you approach God this week if you lived with Him just as if you've never sinned? What would you say to Him? What would you talk about? How would you pray? What would you believe Him for? When he speaks to you and it sounds something that's way too big or way too crazy or that dream is just, no ways. But you're right with him. He can do anything. All things are possible for those who believe. So the encouragement to our hearts today from the Lord is he wants to minister the gospel afresh to our hearts and just say, this is how I win. I win in the low places. I win by ministering the fullness of what Jesus paid for. See, he's beautiful. Like when I when I preach about this stuff, we talk about this, I want to worship him. Amen. I want to worship him because I go, Lord, I love you. The hope in the future of the church, twenty four seven included, is him. The hope in the future of three point two billion people getting saved, it's him. Let me tell you, because I mean, I shared the good stuff of this trip. There were many hard things. There were many days where it was like, I don't know what to do. I am astounded at our broken humanity. Even, even in myself, I'm going, Lord, you want to use me to do this? I don't know. This is crazy. And then he begins to do it. And you just go, Lord, you're so faithful. He's so faithful. He's so good. He really loves us. He really loves you. Yeah. Nope, he really, 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 really loves you. No, he really, 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 really loves you. You don't get it. But when you get it, something that's that warm, mushy feeling of just like, Lord, you're incredible. I want to I be held by you. I want to stay in that place. I want to be dependent on you. I want to rely on you because you're a good God. So I want to end where I started and I'm going to read it one more time. Psalm 103. With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow and wonder and love before you, the holy God. Yahweh, you are my sole celebration. And how could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've reached me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy, and you satisfy me with every good thing. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. You're a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do. Lord, you're so kind and tender-hearted, and so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river, overflowing its banks with kindness. You don't look at us only to find our faults just so that you can hold a grudge against us. You may discipline us for our sins, but never as much as we deserve, nor do you get even with us for what we've done. Higher than the highest heavens, that's how high your tender mercy extends. Greater than the grandeur of heaven above is the greatness of your loyal love, towering over all who fear you and bow down before you. Farther than than from a sunrise to a sunset, that's how far you've removed our guilt from us. The same way a loving father feels towards his children, that's but a sample of your tender feelings towards us, your beloved children who live in awe of you. You know all about us, Lord, inside and out. You are mindful that we're made from dust. Our days are so few and our momentary beauty so swiftly fades away. Then all of a sudden we're gone like grass clippings blown away in a gust of wind. Taken away to our appointment with death, leaving nothing to show that we were here. But Lord, your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other. Unbroken and unrelenting toward those who fear you and those who bow face down and all before you. Your faithfulness to keep every gracious promise you've made passes from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. You are faithful to all those who follow your ways and keep your word. Yahweh has established His throne in heaven. His kingdom rules the entire universe. So bless the Lord, all His messengers of power, for you are His mighty heroes who listen intently to the voice of His word to do it. Bless and praise the Lord, you mighty warriors, ministers who serve Him well and fulfill His desires. I will bless and praise the Lord with my whole heart. Let all his works throughout the earth, wherever his dominion stretches, let everything bless the Lord. Can we stand together? We're going to end this morning just by worshiping him. And really, my my prayer and my hope is that you would walk out of this place knowing that you are so loved by Jesus, knowing that the gospel, His grace is sufficient for you, and knowing that He's inviting you into a deeper place of intimacy with Him, that this week could be completely different to every other week if we would live from that place of innocence that's been renewed in us because of Christ. He's made you right with God, He loves you, and He wants to fill you afresh today with the Spirit of Jesus, who fills you with His power to do what He's called you to do. So... One more time, let's lift our hands. Holy Spirit, come and fill this house. Come and fill every person. Come and strengthen, redeem, make us whole. I release the fullness of God over every person. And I thank you that great joy would fill this house today. That our confidence would be in you. That we would rest in your finished work. And that when we leave this place, God, we would leave clothed in the kindness of the Father. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. We receive you, we worship you, we love you, and we adore you. And I pray over 24-7 this morning, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do it in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord.